It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Whoops, there's my audience. This week's starring special guest star, Mr. James Potion! Yeah, woohoo! Oh yeah, there's the microphone. Hi! <laughs> New to this? I am! <laughs> Welcome to the show! <laughs> Thank you, thanks for having me. Oh man, I'm thrilled to have you. Um, Okay, so for those of you guys who don't know, James is a very dear friend of mine who for many, many years was a taxi member, and uh, James is one of the people that actually listened to what we talk about here and has found success in various forms over the years. you know what, why don't you give them the bio rather than having me read it. I think I included it in the mailer, but not everybody is going to see that mailer. Man, it sounds so much better when you say it. Well, Because then I, I sound like humble brags, and I, I, I don't like that. Uh, um, okay, so this is what I'll say. Let's um, talk about the Christian side of the industry first, okay. and then the pop stuff. Okay. Um, so I'll just give you my brief thing. So I, I was um, doing music for a while when I was younger. I was an artist, and signed with a small label and I was like now I'm gonna be a star and I worked really hard and I didn't listen to critiques and I thought I knew everything and I wanted to be the guy that did everything and got all the credit and shocker I didn't break through wow yeah yep never could break through (laughs) and then I was frustrated and disappointed and hurt and so um, I just let it go for a while and I'm like I I don't think that this is for me I'm not talented enough Um, I am whatever. listening. Sorry, I forgot, yeah. to, forgot to do one of my things. Yeah. You're so not. why are you on Facebook right now? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I think my volume is. You can fine. get Snapchat on your computer uh, now. That's weird. Anyway. Um, um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Whenever you're done. I mean, I know it's a very engaging story how you changed my life, but really, I can. Okay. I'll, I'll wait. I'm done. Okay. Wait, cool. No. Whoa, cool. I'm way done. Man, the audio is like super loud today. All right. Okay. So anyway. Um, I just let it go and I stopped. I stopped doing music and um, where I, were you living at? The in time? Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay, yeah. Wisconsin. So Green Bay, born and raised. He appears to be smart, but anybody who lives in that kind of cold, I hey. mean, Green Bay is a lovely. It makes town. you tough, man. The people are. Cool. It toughens it, you it's up. Totally, like everything good about America lives in Green Bay. Oh, Wisconsin. okay, good. I thought you were going to slam me. But okay. it's cold. It's very cold, dude. Yeah. It's so cold. It's terribly cold. <laughs> so you know, I was going to Packer games and we're doing just the family stuff, and I'm thinking. What am I really doing, like, for my legacy? Not my legacy, but for my wife and kids. And, you know, like, going to games and stuff is fun. But, you know, I think being able to do music is a gift. And um, I want to be a good steward of that gift. And I want to do the best that I can do with it. So um, I just made a list of people that I knew. And I reached out to them and said, I want to give it one year. I want to give one year of trying everything I know to try in music and just see what happens. So that, just start out like literally emailing and calling people, just going. Yeah, anybody that had helped me or mentored from Michael Anderson to who had mentored me years ago, and I just reached back out to people and just kind of told them where I was at and what I was. Was this before or after you joined Taxi? Well, joining Taxi was one of the things I did. Oh, okay. So because I didn't know that you knew Michael Anderson before I, you were I a taxi did. member. I okay. did. I did. One of the coolest guys ever. Yeah, he helped me so much. Um, so... But I looked at Taxi and I'm like, you know, $250 a year, like what a rip. Like, I mean, sorry, but <laughs> That's okay. I mean, this is what I, I was that. thinking. Like, right. I mean, what are they going to do for me? And then I got to pay all this extra money and I don't know who these screeners are and I don't know Michael Laskow and I don't, they're in LA and, you know, I'm in Green Bay and there's nothing similar about that. So, um, but I thought, why do I get worked up about 250 
for my career, and I can go to a Packers game and spend two fifty for three hours. Like, what's wrong so, with my thinking here? Yeah. Right. This is one year of music. So I did, and I went all in. Like, and I went all into Taxi, and I figured out a couple things about how to get forwards. Yeah, but you, you know, and you're that kind of guy. Yeah, you, you're the kind of guy that when you take something on, you make a commitment. And you yeah, really take I go it all on. in. Yeah, like I burn real hot yeah. when I commit to it, right? <laughs> like real hot. So a song title. Yeah, it is. I burn real hot. That's it, man. Probably outside my genre, but no, I'm thinking like NASCAR. Oh, we NASCAR. NASCAR That's listening. Cool. Uh, yeah, too. great. Give that to the members. They're That's like, a gift. We just did. So anyway, um, you know that was however many years ago, and. You've changed my life. Taxi music oh, changed you. my life. The Road Rally is where I met Rob and others. Rob Shirelli. Yep, who have mentored me and continue to speak into my life and teach me about music and about life, honestly. So um, I, I, I can't say enough about this organization and about you and everybody here. So it's a great community, man. Taxi is like the real deal. It's the, it, it works. I didn't ask him. To, I literally yeah. did not ask him to say any of this stuff. Just Where's so the 500 know. bucks you promised? <laughs> Okay, okay, cool. No, I I really didn't. And and frankly, meeting Rob Shirelli, um, we were all out to dinner last night. And and I can see how he looks at you like a brother. And and that's the way he and I are. So it's amazing to me that I created something, not by accident, but I never imagined when I started Taxi that it would bring people together like it has, yeah. that the community would turn out like it has. I, I thought, like a lot of people perceive Taxi, it's like you put listings out there, yeah. requests for music, yeah. and people submit, but it, it's almost like the community has become more important than the there actual is. submitting process because a lot of deals get done through that community. Totally. A lot of relationships turn into stuff it is and i think like the people that are really successful in taxi are the ones that get into the community of taxi yeah and don't just treat it like just another music submission service because you offer taxi tv you offer the rally you offer the forums you offer all these resources there's a facebook page right and like i'm on it every day and i see see these people that um went ahead of me the paul ottens and the helen austins of the world and the people that i came up with uh, barry french and wow. uh, clay and you know and pedro and then i see the people coming after me you know what i mean and it's like it is generational like it that. is yeah totally and um you know you see the ck barlows and patty bosses and these ethans and I, I mean these people are just incredible like they're owen and i mean they're just incredible people and they're great musicians too, but they're great people. And they just keep reaching to help others. It's like a self-selecting filter almost because every name you just mentioned, all those people are really good people. Exactly. And each one of them individually is somebody that I would do a road trip with. Yes. Because they're just good, cool people. And people try to give me credit and I will... Take it. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I built the barn. Yeah. and open the doors, but I couldn't control who came to the party. And over the years, I saw that, that the party got bigger and that the people that were the really good people tended to inspire other people to be really good people, and it's yeah. turned into a thing. It is Exactly thing. what you're talking about. Yeah. That wasn't me. That was just, I opened the doors. Yeah. You know, and... But you created happened. the recipe for it. Like, you gave us the crock pot and gave us all the ingredients, <laughs> and it, it did organically. It does organically continue to... To happen, but you know, if you didn't give us the crock pot and all the ingredients, then we would all be just, a guy from Green Bay would still 
be waiting for inspiration to hit, honestly. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be doing it anymore because there's only so long that you can go and smash your head against the same ceiling or wall and not have an outlet for music like you have given me and thousands of others. Well, you had to earn it, you know? Yeah. So. You had a little something to do with it. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, and speaking of crockpots, has the Koshin family tried the Instant Pot yet, Jill? That's no? um, that's above my pay grade. I'm not sure, Jill. Uh, <laughs> is that the thing you put in your nose for the allergies? That's disgusting. <laughs> the thing you buy that store with the green cross on the front on Ventura Boulevard. Oh, oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to California. What is now, that thing an, with an, an Oh, Neti pot. pot. Yeah, that's gross. Oh, yeah. That's God, the thing that's you put so in your nose. Gross. goes in one side, comes out the other. Oh. Um, Instant Pot. I totally digress because this is not a cooking show. Um, I kept hearing people talk about it. So I bought one for my wife for Hanukkah. And she's like, dude, you don't give a woman appliances for Hanukkah. Mm. And I said, well... I did because you get a present every night, you know. So yeah. here, one of them is got to pace yourself. Yeah, okay. it's an exactly. That's right. You I know, can't start off with you the don't BMW. Get the dime, you don't no. get the diamond earrings every night. That's right, um, or any night. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, I got her an instant pot, and, and she handed it back to me. She literally she said, did. "You love to cook. You figure it out." Perfect. I got to tell you, you need everybody. You need an instant pot. It has my personal endorsement. Um, yeah. You can take the chewiest most rubbery piece of cheap beef or whatever throw yeah. it in there with Comes like a bag of filet frozen, mignon yeah for uh, frozen yeah. vegetables and a cut up potato and put you hit the button for stew add a cup of like mm -hmm. beef broth to it or something yeah and hit the button that says stew and 35 minutes later you have amazing really? stew it sounds like it's targeted for men like us um you know what i mean maybe that's I, what deborah thought that's Maybe me. I don't know, but I gotta say th it works. It's basically a, a timer, a programmed um, whatever you call a pressure cooker. Interesting. So, so just saying. Anyway, there you go. A cooking tip on this week's episode. Know. So yeah, no longer a crock pot. It's an instant pot. Right. And, and sometimes I feel like the the road rally is an instant pot ah. of, of relationships because cool. you will see people meet other people in the registration line, which is interminably long. Yes. And yet nobody really complains about it because a lot of relationships awesome. are, are started in that line. Agreed. 100% agree. It's like you could come to the road rally and do nothing but stand in the registration line and you already got your money's worth. I agree. And there's energy. There's like energy as the day goes on. There's energy in the line and yeah. there's enthusiasm at the Westin. Like it's incredible. The road rally is the best weekend of the year. This year it's November 7th through the 10th in beautiful Los Angeles. Um, so let's talk about what we uh, are supposed to talk about, and we're, we'll cover a lot of stuff beyond um, the five habits of successful musicians. Okay. But um, what's your number one habit? Um, do, you in, want, do you want to yeah. see the list? No, I've, I've got it here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I start every day with an instant pot. <laughs> Taxi TV brought to you by... No, I'm kidding. Um, so first, before I uh, do the list of five things in my humble opinion, I want to talk about what's not on the list in that that first one is um, be talented. Um, I think there's a lot of us and I think of myself, I like to share about my failures in the way I used to think um, and why I was always getting not getting the results that I wanted because I was under the impression that it was solely about talent. And if I had enough talent, then that would be what would carry me to my dreams. It might be the biggest misconception amongst all musicians. Agreed. But when I go to the rally and I teach the classes and I mentor people, 
Um, I hear that back a lot, or a different version of that. That they think that they're talented and that should be enough? Yes, or their song is better than anything else in the radio, or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's not about that. And when you get to, to the more professional level of music, um, being talented is a given. Like, everybody's talented. So to me, it kind of goes without saying that you need to practice your instrument, practice your melodies, that you need to write music every day, um, that you don't really worry about writing hits. Everybody wants to write a hit, but you need to write your song. Like from your voice, from your perspective, your story, and then you know have conversational lyrics that use universal and relatable appeal. Okay, so that's not um, so being talented is not a part of this. So, so well, I'm giving that away. I mean, it's it's a given. Can't, you can't be untalented. Agreed, agreed. But everybody's talented. Right. You have to understand what your level of talent is and yes. what you're talented at. Yes. Know your, yes. Know your lane. Yeah, know which, your lane. Which actually might be in your notes. It I is. Stole it is. Right. You did, but it's okay. <laughs> so the first one is to be a team player. Okay. That's my first one. Be a team player. Um, Stephen Curry, uh, a basketball reference. I know maybe not a lot of sports fans, but I'm a big one. Um, he's widely considered the best shooter of all time in the NBA. The best shooter. And he just said last week, nothing great is done by yourself. Hmm. Thought it was really interesting. He's like the greatest basketball shooter of all time. And his quote is, nothing great is done by yourself. So um, for me, just piggybacking what you just said, um, you find out what you do uniquely mm -hmm. um, and do that. Do that thing, right? So there's a trap. And this is, again, like speaking from my life and my career, like I can do everything. I can produce the track. I can write. I can engineer. I can mix. I can master. I can record. I, I, I can do all these things. I can write the lyric and the melody and whatever. Right. So um, what I realized, though, and especially from a guy like Rob, if the top pros use teams, teams of experts in various disciplines, why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. If I'm an amateur trying to get to a professional level, why do I think I can do it a different way than every most every other professional I know does? Everybody thinks that. Yes. I will be the rule, you know, the odds defier. Right. The, okay, don't think that way. You know, if you were going in for surgery, if God forbid you needed life-saving surgery, yes. would you want the doctor operating on you that says, I don't, I'm not a yeah. man who is prone to, you know, using convention. Right. I'm going to try a different approach to right. surgery that nobody else has ever done. That's right. You would be off that gurney running down the hall looking That's for right. another surgery. Or as a type 1 diabetic, if they said, you're James, we're going to give you a new pancreas. <laughs> and the doctor walked in and he said, you know what, I don't, I don't specialize in pancreases, but um, yeah, I see little kids. I'm a general practitioner for children, <laughs> yeah. but I feel like we're going to figure this out. I don't, I don't, want, to go, I don't want him, <laughs> right? I want the specialist. So like some people are great at hooks and titles. There are some people that like, they are so gifted in writing unique titles. Some people are gifted in melody, just gifted. We see Jason Bloom's class and he teaches melody and it's like incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Some people's lyrics evoke emotion with literally every line. Yep. You can read the lyric and you can start crying, right? Or get excited or whatever. Some people play chords that inspire melodies. Um, some people program beats that make you move every time you hit play. So every that's why it takes six guys to write a pop hit now. Exactly. <laughs> There's right. your team. And there it is. <laughs> so be a team player. Yeah. That's number one. How long did it take you? How far into your career were you when you had that moment, mm -hmm. that epiphany? Um, 20 some years. Oh, okay. So it took a minute. Oh, it took, yeah. It takes me a long time, <laughs> man, to get something. I'm thick headed. Yeah, but when it sunk in, it really sunk it in. It did. It did. And it's 
just being observant. Like if somebody who is my mentor and somebody that I look up to so much and that's what they do, then I want to model what they do. Like to me, that's just smart. Like they've are, they already do what I do. Right. So if I just model what they do, <laughs> that'll probably work. But you're absolutely right. People feel entitled to reinvent the wheel because they think it's based on talent. Yeah. Or that song is that good. Right. Like I can't tell you how many times I talk about rewriting lyrics and rewriting songs and how long it takes, how long a you know process. And inevitably, every time somebody says, well, what about Roxanne? And I'm like, okay. I, you know, There's always an exception always. to the rule. But if you, 99% of the time, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Like it's not always inspiration. Like there's science behind it. So you have like the inspiration and you got to go back and edit and you got to look at the perspective. Did my perspective change in the song? And is the grammar right? And does it make sense? And but see, that all requires work. It does. You know, recently I sent out an email about last week's episode of Taxi TV, which many of you guys watched. Um, and we had uh, Martin Tishion, who was demonstrating the uh, um, Vienna Symphonic Library. Um, oh, cool. Excuse me, their, their smart orchestra. And so because it's the smart orchestra that makes things easier for a, yeah. a good keyboard player, but somebody who doesn't have the, the need to learn all the programming and, and yeah. you know things that you need to do to really set work well with a sophisticated library, the subject line I wrote in that email was the lazy man's guide to orchestral something or other. Right. It got one of the highest open rates we've had in a long time because people are lazy, myself included. You right. know, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm saying, look, nobody we, wants to, yeah. yeah, you don't want to do work you don't have to do. So if somebody right. says, I've got an easier way, you're going to check that out. But they're really, I, I've only met one person in my 40-year career in the music industry. One person who arrived in town with the goal of getting a record deal and within like 30 to 90 days got a record deal in a major right. level. He's now a screener here. That's cool. He literally got off like got off the bus and got a deal. Wow. Anyway, Crazy. Um, so yeah, that that is not by any stretch it's of the imagination. Yeah. Right. There's and, always an exception. Right. And that's not going to happen for you. Statistically, it's yeah. not going to happen. So stick with the odds. Please continue. Okay, so number 2 is persevere, to be passionate and be patient. Um, uh, there's a great, great quote from Winston Churchill that says, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. I remember- Say that one more time. Yeah, I want to absorb that. Success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. I remember we were vacationing in the Bahamas and I was waiting, <laughs> I've never told this story. I was waiting for a critique to come back. From taxi? Yes. Okay. And every day, throughout the day, there was only one spot at this resort where I could get my internet. I would leave whatever we were doing, a beach, dinner, to see if I got a forward or return. Oh, man. No, and I feel bad. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but this, that's a glimpse into how obsessive taxi members are, like me. And it never came that week. Oh, you know, and I was like, ah, the whole trip is ruined. I'm kidding. It wasn't. It was still awesome. <laughs> but... um you know, there's there's overwhelmingly more returns than forwards, and it hurts, man. It always hurts, and no matter how nicely you try to say it, it it's hard and it stings. And yeah. so, it just you just let it sting, and then, you know, I've got some strategies that I can share and that I do share about what to do, so maybe next time around you can get a forward. Did you understand at that point in time when it still stung, and I'm sure it's, yeah. it, it still stings, but that it wasn't you being judged; it was just 
no. a piece of your work output. No, it's I didn't like, understand that at all. Absolutely not. It felt like waxed, a personal critique. If you waxed somebody's car, wax yes. on, wax off, and at the end they went, you know, you missed a piece of chrome on the bumper, right. you wouldn't take that personally. But I wouldn't, but those were my words and my heart and my passion that I put into that, and I believed in that thing. I, wax I just bought at a store. Right. But if I had created that wax out of nothing, and it was like I was sharing that wax, it was like my family, you know, secret wax, and then you walked up and you're like, <laughs> this wax sucks. I'd be like, geez, guy. Wax you know? off. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I didn't understand that. I know that to be true, yeah. that a professional critique is not a personal criticism. And the sooner that that I was able to understand that in my career, um, things change. Things wow. absolutely change. So, uh, But perseverance is, is everything. So um, work ethic, no matter a circumstance, Again, these are things that changed me. Is this, oh, we're still on number two. Perseverance, yep. Okay, number two. So, you know, um, it's really important to to start working. So I I found out what the um, requirement was for a major label artist if I wanted to be a writer on a publishing contract and how many songs per year that I had to turn in. And so then I put myself under that same guideline. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't signed. But I thought, well, I want to be signed. And if I write one song a month, and it's not one song, it's like one song that can get cut. Right. <laughs> right. Just so you guys know, when you're signed to a major publishing company, they require a song a month, 12 songs that you wrote solo. If you're co-writing, then it's 24. If there's off. threes, it's 36. Right. Do and those are songs like that that are like competitive in the marketplace. That right. Pitchable to a major label artist, and you're exactly. competing with the other top-of-the-line writers. Right. And so it might take 10 songs to get that one. Right. Right. So I put myself under those guidelines because I realized that um, hopefully when, but not if I made it there, I had to be used to that kind of output. Because I think, again, there's a mentality that says, once I get the deal, then I'll change my, then I'll spend more time in my music. Mm. Um, But it's like an athlete saying, once I get to the NFL, then (laughs) I'll start working out. Like, you got to work out as if you're already there. It's funny hearing it, but it's nobody laughs at him or herself when they have those thoughts. Yeah, it's, totally. It's totally real to them. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you, you can't start working when you get the break. You The breaks come with the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, number three is be reliable and follow through. Um, again, everyone's talented. I was just going to say, it's not enough to just be talented. It's not. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, a lot of my mentors taught me to make the next person's job easier. Mm-hmm. And so what can I do to, to make, um, if I'm going to send Rob a mix, like what can I do that I know is going to work for him so he doesn't have to go through all the stems and the stems are screwed up or whatever the thing that, whatever the thing I'm working on, I try to be very cognizant of what is the next person in line going to do and is, am I making it harder or easier for them? So um, here's a simple example, but if I have to ask somebody over and over to complete a simple task I originally asked for, mm-hmm. it and they give me excuses about why it can't be done, I can't work with them. Mm-hmm. And not because like my time is more important than anybody else's, but this has just recently come up again with something as simple as um, you know photos for somebody that I w- was a group, and I'm like, this is the kind of look that I'm thinking, and here I gave them a specific example, and it just it wasn't happening in a timely way, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm spending a lot of time trying to do this thing before they're even signed. <laughs> like, What is that a sign of? Yeah, right. the way it's going to be after this. The way it's going to be. So, 
Um, to me, that's more like babysitting or parenting, and I'm already a parent. I, I feel the entire, at Taxi, we're in a very unique position as a staff of people. And we do a lot of hand-holding and we do a lot of babysitting. And I never look at the people who require that babysitting with disdain, mm. more bewilderment, because our, our job is to, part of our job is to teach people these things. Yeah. Uh, but if I were trying to make it in, in any industry, whether it be real estate or music yeah. or football or whatever, you would think that you would be obsessed with every minute of your day trying to learn what all those touch points are, what all the yeah. rules and regulations right. and the things that make you successful and just do those things rather than continuing to float aimlessly on and wait for exactly. somebody else to solve the problem. Exactly. So I, <laughs> I don't we, disagree. We get it. You yeah. know, we deal with that a lot here and we realize it's part of our job. And the good news is some of our children, yeah. and pointing at you, children in quotes, turn out really, really well because we at least pointed them down the right path yeah. and the smart, hardworking ones go, oh, I, yeah, this I, works. I, I see the goal, I see the path, all I have to do is stay on it and keep walking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, the next one, number four, is to be teachable. Hmm. Um, so Rob Shirelli has taught me this probably more than anyone and uh, he does it in very subtle ways. He Rob, When Rob <laughs> A lot of what he taught me isn't like, all right, James, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. um, but I just watch what he does and listen to what he says because he's a really smart guy. So Rob is an expert in every sense of engineering and production. Yet I have found in relationship with him that he's constantly seeking to learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, he just won another Grammy and he has way, all yes. these. Just so you three. guys know, there we are, three fingers. Rob, we were having dinner last night I did. I knew Rob was nominated for some Grammys. I had no idea he won a Grammy. Yeah. This is how humble he is. He didn't bother to pick up the phone and call me. We live four houses away from each other. We spent holidays together. Did he call or text or anything? Yeah. I won a Grammy. I didn't even know he was nominated. Yeah. I don't think. But yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's willing to let others who he trusts listen and analyze and offer their insights. So, if he uh, at, at times in the past has sent me a mix, and I'm thinking why are you even, like this is ridiculous to me right like you're this guy and i'm like this dude and um but he he trusts that i'm going to tell him the, the truth my opinion i mean it might not be right but he knows i'm going to be honest with him because he trusts me and um that level of willingness to learn and not be well i'm the expert and i'm the this you like that just speaks so powerfully that's like such a level of humility um and i I try to model myself after these kinds of people. So I want to be teachable for the people that come up with me or behind me or ahead of me. Like, I feel like everybody's got something to give. You know, I can learn, like when I'm mentoring people at the rally, I'm telling them what I think may help them, but I'm also trying to learn something from them. Well, you're well known as a giver. Um, James frequently does the um, drive-by <laughs> mentoring at night the song um, bar, yeah. yeah, the song bar thing, and you know they're supposed to wrap it up at nine or nine thirty, and, and James will go till midnight or later. Oh easily, no, no, you know? no, no, midnight! I, I, Come on, <laughs> the first time it was one. Yeah, last year it was two thirty. This year it was three thirty. Oh my gosh, it was three thirty. But here's the thing: uh, do do people keep lining up? Even though I mean, we always tell somebody you're the last person in line. How do 
Well, what I do is I take my sheet of paper, it ends at nine, and then people come up and they're like, oh, and then I just start writing more times every oh, okay. 10 minutes. And they're like, really, you'll stay? And I said, that's, that's, my, that's my gig. So, um, so the reason that I stay until 9.30 is because I know the feeling. Until 3.30. Yeah, 3.30. Yeah. As I know the feeling of like sitting in the ballroom and just praying, like I just want them to pull my song. I just want somebody to hear it. Not because I want to be like this major superstar, but because like these people know music. Right. And I don't really know where my stuff fits in or even if it does at all. Like, is this some crazy pipe dream? And like, just like, oh, please. And my heart's beating. My pulse is racing. And nobody pulls my song. Right. So interestingly enough, though, you're not sitting there waiting for them to pull your song so you can be discovered. Right. Or told what a genius you are. Right. You're definitely craving insight. Yeah. More more critique. Honestly. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, um, um. But, you know, I, that never happened to me in my years as attending as a member. So I, I feel like I'm willing to be sleep deprived and overextended, not because of like how great I am, but because people have done that for me, too. People have extend. You've extended yourself, Rob. Um, people in Nashville, like people at the rally. It's incredible. So I want to get back. Um, and, and again, it's, it's easy to give to a guy like you because, you know, it's not wasted effort. No, I appreciate that, it. That's, that's part of the equation. Uh, it's anybody can be a giver to everybody, right? But you really do pick and choose the people, even the best among us. Pick and choose the people we want to give to because yeah. you don't want to waste the bullet, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. You know, right? So because of your makeup, you engender that in people they want to give to you. Thank so, you. Just so you know, it, I, th I think we a, should hug right now. Should we? <laughs> Let's hug. First ever taxi TV <laughs> hug. <laughs> Okay, so, but here's, let me tell you kind of the, the flip side of it though. So I'm there. You smell and, good. Thank you. <laughs> now I feel awkward. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. So, um, so I'm writing it down and the amount of people that um, come in and then they, they see that it's one or two and they're like, this is one in the morning? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's too late. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just dumbfounded. Right. Not Too again. Late because, for, not not for because like, your career forward. Yeah, not because I'm going to change your life, but like, aren't you here for that? Like, I think when I was a member, I would have stayed up all night every night for the chance to talk to a pro that might offer any insight or maybe somebody that I could develop a relationship with. Right. But these folks are essentially saying, "Oh, it's not convenient for me right. to have that." So they're stowed upon, and me. they're telling me, they're saying my time is more important than yours. And that is just a great indicator. So the people that stay really late, I'm always like really rooting for them because, mm -hmm. because they get it. See, and I'm they, telling you, you what. see in them what we saw in you. Exactly. And, and still see. And it pays yeah. because last year it worked and the year before I found a song and last year I found a couple of more than, I found two different people at, in the wee hours of the morning and it's like, these are the people. Now, there is a caveat. What? If they're from Australia, yeah. You have to cut them some slack when they say they can't stay past 1 a.m. Yeah, right. I am amazed by the people that fly from Asia, Australia, yeah. come to the road rally. I've gone on trips that have you know, been like a 12 to 15 hour flight. You get to that other country, you're stupid for three days. You literally really? walk around, boo, 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 boo. And these people get off the plane 
and, and jump right in. The road rally, if you came there, if you lived yeah. 15 minutes away and just arrived on scene, you would still be mentally and physically exhausted because there's just so much input over the course of a weekend. Right. So anybody that's got an Australia, anybody that says, would you like another, can I throw another shrimp on the Barbie? Yeah. Don't give, them, give them a break? Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Australians, free pass next year. Um, so anyway, back to the, the last point is, this is a big one for me. Um, don't accept excuses from yourself. Ooh. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, but sickness, you know, I have type 1 diabetes. I've had it for 32 well, years. Let's talk about that. I didn't know if yeah. you wanted to mention that or not. But um, when I met James five years, six years ago, whatever, he actually said the words to me, and I've never forgotten this. He said, I've never had a day in my life where I felt good and healthy. Um, it's hard for those of us who don't have to live with that to imagine that. Right. And the fact that you are still such a ball of positive energy <laughs> and give so much to your family and give so much to your career um, is astonishing to me. What is it inside of you that drives that? Um, that well, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's my faith, actually. And James, really is, James is, is, is a Christian. Um, if you look mm -hmm. on any of his promotional stuff, it'll probably say, I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, at, at a time when there are times in America now where it's like politically uncool to say that you've got faith. Right. Um, I, I don't personally agree with that. Um, and I'm not here to judge or make this a political show at all. But I know you well enough to know that it is it's the glowing thing inside of you that makes you James Koshin. That's so, really, that's It's that's easy for Thank anybody you. that spends more than an hour with you to see that about Thank you. Thank you. So. That means a lot to me. Um, I'm foreclapped. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so sickness is uh, a thing, right? And it's something that a lot of people that we face. And I just have a heart for the underdog. Mm -hmm. I have the heart for people that have struggled with sickness or addiction or divorce or like just that struggle with life. And I just find a humility in people that I, that I connect to, that I'm drawn to. And um, I just love to be in people's corner that are real, right? So, um, so family, family can be another excuse that we give about why we can't work on our music. Um, you know, that's, we, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. You know, like do you tuck the kids into bed or help at bath time or yes. story time, all that stuff? Or yes. do you go work on your music? No, the answer is yes, because your family has to come before your yeah. career, right? You don't want to have your career at the sake of your family, um, but the two can coexist. Do you know Randon Purcell? I don't. Uh, I have to introduce you guys at the upcoming road rally, November 7th through the 10th in Los Angeles. Weston, um, LAX. <laughs> Book um, now. It's... Randon has the best solution of all. Uh, he, he's uh, primarily an orchestral score type of, of cool. guy. So um, cool. And really straight shooter. He gets up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And he gets three hours of solid music work in right. before his family is up and about. Right. So that's how he gives his family their due and it's gives cool. his music its due. There's a lot of uh, up-and-comers in Taxi that are doing this thing. They hashtag the 5 a.m. club. And they mm -hmm. get up and they do their music. And then they do their jobs and you know have their family time. That's probably inspired by Randon, who I just recently interviewed for um, the Taxi Newsletter, That's and cool. I wouldn't be 
surprised if that's where they learned that. Cause so cool. He's the first guy in my recollection of 27 years of interviewing members that actually said, no, I do this every day. Not some yeah. days, not most days, right. but every day. Every day. You, you can't take a day off. Um, but family can be a thing, right? So, and, and you've, you know this, and a lot of people know that uh, my son, Nate, who's sitting over there, um, he's the apple of my eye, um, but he's got a couple different disabilities, intellectual and physical, and um, it requires a lot of time and attention, and um, it could e be easy to get wrapped up in that, and then, well, I don't have time to this, or I'm too tired to write right. or produce or whatever. Um, and you do give him 100%. 100%. You guys as a family, you individually. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So I mean, it's a blessing. Like I, so I don't want to come across any other way. But my point is, is like I would know if I'm making that an excuse. Mm -hmm. That could be a crutch. Um, work can be a crutch if you're not doing music full time. Um, and then your schedule, your scheduling. You know, a lot of people will say I don't have time. Um, but if we really look at like where we're investing our time, mm -hmm. you know, we can make time. It's like exercising. Like you can, if it's important to you, you'll do it. So don't accept excuses from yourself. Um, that would be the biggest one for me. That's a toughie. It's a really, it's really hard. Yeah, because we can kid every, like I can, I can kid everybody or deceive or manipulate or whatever in my life. Like this is why I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But when I lay down in bed at night, I know that I, I can't lie to myself and say, you know, maybe I'm not sure I'm giving it all, my all my, in music. I mean, if if it's for example, to be that honest, with it yourself. is. That, yeah, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah, but you got to. I mean. Most people can't do it, honestly, yeah. and I, I vacillate between the two. I have I moments where I'm spectacularly I mean, honest with myself and find the strength or the courage or whatever I need, yeah. and, and I'm absolutely guilty. Uh, we all are. As a matter of fact, I was supposed to write an email last night before I went to bed. After dinner, I got home, I um, talked to Deb and the kids, and then I fell asleep around 11 or midnight last night and didn't do it. And I woke up this morning and didn't do it. I didn't do it yeah. until I got here today because yeah. I was making excuses. Got to eat the frog, man. I read this great book. I got it in, <laughs> in the in the airport. It's called Eat the Frog. And it's like a business book, right? And it's like if you, you do the hardest thing that you got to do right away in the day. And when you do that, then it creates momentum going the day forward. Because I have a tendency to make lists and then I put the hardest thing at the end. And then I dread it, and I dread it, and I dread it. And then when I finally do it, I'm like, well, what was I so worked up about? Like, this is dumb. I should have done this a long time ago. So I've tried to change my mentality. But all of the stuff in life that works, like, if you're a real estate agent in your, in your 9 to 5 gig, like, the way that you're a successful real estate agent is the same way you'll be a successful mu music pro. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't understand that. For a long time, I was like, I think music is like some fairy dust thing where you just are talented and good looking and then you know you'll be famous like that's so dumb i can't even believe i ever thought that i can't believe i just said that can we delete that part <laughs> no oh, but crap, this is life i most people think that way yeah uh, so, because it's art you know what yeah, that's the different that's the differentiator point. is art isn't supposed to be a prescriptive thing art isn't supposed to be um you know you make music exactly like this right um, and a lot of people wrestle with that with Taxi because they're responding to the listings and they feel like, well, this is stifling my art. It's stifling my artistic voice and who I am and the way I'd like to express stuff. Right. And actually, if you rise to the occasion and you're writing to these prescriptions that are asked for in the listings, 
the art is in how you tackle totally, them. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and the art is in, in saying, like, is, is in finding the universal emotion and finding a hook that's mm -hmm. never been said before and saying it in a way that evokes emotion. Like, I wish I would have written that song. Yeah. Like, that is such an incredible way to say this timeless message. And there's still countless of those out there. There's still that's countless songs. so hard to do, but it you're is. absolutely right. And you just got to keep digging. I mean, that's, that, to me, that's where rewriting and, you know, I mean, when I, when I approach a song now, I make a song map. I talk it out. So on my phone, I just write down hooks. And, um, and hooks, to me, are just titles. So I just write down titles. Mm -hmm. And here they are. Now and hold you, it up to the camera. You can't really see They'll them. steal them. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's no problem. But these are, I mean, these are over like the last, I don't know, month or so. And these are just like titles, right? So, um, and then what I like to do, one of my songwriting um, um, member or coaches taught me to Google the title. So, you know, you don't want to write a song called, um, you know, Hello, right? I mean, Lionel Richie wrote it and then Adele wrote it, right? You, you don't, you don't want to write that song or um, Unbreak My Heart. Mm -hmm. Like, one of Diane the, Warren retired that hook, so yeah. forget about it, right? But maybe one of the greatest hooks of our life. Unbelievable. So... I, I come up with an idea and then um, we'll write the title in and then write lyric after it to see, has this been a hit for somebody else? And maybe it hasn't even been written yet. And if it hasn't been written, then it's like, okay, now I got something. And then I'll think it out. Before I just start writing, I'm like, okay, now I got my title, so now I know where I'm headed, but like, how do I wanna set this up in the first verse? So, and I don't go with the first idea. Because mm -hmm. so, a lot of times, again, as a like a intermediate or beginning writer, it's like, I got an idea and I figured it out, so this is how I'm gonna do it. And I found that like with pro writers that I work with that mentored me, we just sit around and talk like, okay, how could we set this up? Well, we could talk it, we could take this way. Cool, or what about if we do it this way? And I'm like, oh, that's a better idea. Or there's all these different ways to set it up. And then once you set it up, it's almost like you have an outline and now you just, it's way easier to write that way. Do you know? You just evoked a memory that I, I literally haven't thought of this since that day, but when I was in seventh grade and I was trying out as a pole vaulter for the track team in my junior high, and the coach came over to me because he saw me totally blow my first attempt, and he yeah. said to me, drop the point six inches short of the corner yeah. of the box yeah. and let it slide in there. You get the momentum of the sliding, yeah. and then it yeah. kind of flips you over. Cool. Uh, it's analogous to that, that um, if somebody can show you that little thing, but yeah. you have to be open to it, you know? Yeah, totally. It's just, wow. Yeah. My coach is probably dead now. It was a long time ago, but it's so funny. How many years has it been since, since that happened? Great. Yeah, a long time. Probably 10, 15? Yeah. Something around there. I don't, <laughs> but we round up or down what or What was it that you said right before that? Um, we were, you were talking about... Um, how to set the song up and writing that you the don't hook. look at the first, you don't look yeah, at the first thing. Yeah. So that's what the coach is telling me. It's, this is the way that came naturally to you, but think about it in a different way and it works. Yeah, yeah, find a different way, Yeah. right? And then, you know, don't fall in love with everything that you do. <laughs> like just... That's impossible. Oh, hard. Yeah, right, but... You know, a lot of times it's like people want credit and who cares? Like, is it about the song or is it about the credit? And to me, like, there are times where I go into a writer's room and like, I might be producing it or I might be writing the lyric or the melody or maybe I'm just the track guy that day. Or what, like, who cares? Just the track guy. Or whatever, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, it, it, it's, 
if I can be a part of this song coming out and into the world, to me, that's that's an honor. And I've had people mentor me and say, hey, James, do you want to be in on on this? I've got this artist coming over. Would you like to write with them? And I'm like, heck yeah, right? Well, then, you know, that was like three or four years ago with Sky from Nashville. And now this new record that I'm working on, you know, by the grace of God, they gave me this project and I was able to reach back out to this guy who helped me and wow. say, hey, would you be interested in doing you know, four songs on this record. Wow, wow, wow. So that's relationship. So all of these things about, you know, be teachable and reliable and persevere and team player, people that have helped me, I want to help them. Um, I saw something else in your notes that yeah. I specifically wanted to talk about. Oh, the pro tips for taxi members. Oh, yeah. So um, let's make it personal for taxi members. Yeah, because, you know, I espouse these things all the time and... When I looked at it, I went, okay, James is saying what I keep saying, but you know what? It, this I'm like the dad of Taxi. Yeah. Nobody really listens to their dad, yeah. so consider James your brother. Ah, that's uh, good. Who, I love who, that. Who came up with these on his own. Totally. You know, independently of me. Yep. So, so you've already joined, or maybe not. I mean, some people could be on here that have not joined Taxi. That would be the first thing that I would highly recommend, join Taxi. Just give it a year. Just give it one year. But, but give it, like... Don't just give it a year and take your catalog of CDs and songs that you wrote 10 years ago and try to make them fit to a listing and then judge whether Taxi works based on that or not. So that's number one, join Taxi. Number two, attend the free rally. I didn't attend the rally right away. I'm like, ah, you know, it's expensive. It's ex like it's a plane ticket in, an, in, a, in a hotel. Yeah. The conference is free. The conference is free. It's free of charge. And it, I mean, it could be multiple thousands of dollars for this conference for what's available, but it's not, it's free. You get one-on-one -on -one mentoring, you get inspiration, you get relationship building, you have the opportunity to connect with people that will change your life like it happened to me. I'm like a living proof of it. Um, number three is uh, Taxi TV, so hopefully there are people on it right now or people watching it later. Um, like this is a thing where you pick up these, like more tips from people in real time. Yeah. And then the, the other one is Taxi Forums. Like I learned so much on the taxi forums when I would get a return and then I would like swallow my pride and an hour later I'd go on the forums and I would see the people that got the forward. And then I would listen to their songs and I was like, ah. Oh. And you, you once listen told me that yeah. that may have been the single greatest tool that yeah. taxi offers was going on the forward section of yeah. our forum, which is at forums with an S, forums.taxi.com yeah. and listening to what other people had forwarded for the listing that you were not forwarded mm -hmm. for. And that that was a pr profound totally. eye-opener for you. And then figuring out, like, where did I miss it? And, like, I mean, if you have any wherewithal moxie about you, which you do, obviously, because you're doing this, um, you analyze, and where did I miss it? And then I suggest next level is to write a new song based on the successful things, elements that you heard. Oh. So it's like analyzing what worked, not rather copying. Than, rather than beating the existing horse. To get death. a new horse. Exactly. Okay. And then write a new song while you're in the calibration of like the, the things that, that were successful. And here's why. Because as a member, I was like, man, I feel like a listing just like this came through maybe last month or two months ago or a month and a half ago. Hmm. Maybe it's the same listing or it's a really similar listing. And so what I did was I cataloged that song. Mm -hmm. And then I, because um, I had written it for that listing, and then I turned it in and like the, the forward rate was off the chart. Because I did also admittedly keep track of forwards and returns. Well, you and my should. percentage rate, and I was sure that certain screeners hated me. I mean, 
again, I was obsessive about it. So, but now you know, that you've seen behind the curtain, yeah. it, I mean, yeah, James um, has become part of the family, um, just through our personal connection and being very involved at the road rally and stuff. And you know that there's no subterfuge, no hocus pocus going on behind. No, and it really bothers me. I probably shouldn't let it bother me so much, but it bothers me when people say that screeners really got it in for me no. because the screeners, um, to some degree, what do they care? Uh, they're listening to a song within a context. Yeah, they're not going. Oh, it's that guy. Yeah, oh, James. it's James again. Right. Let's hold Guy's him. Guy's so annoying. Let's hold him Which back. Is true, Let's hurt but, him. Yeah. Uh, they no. They just. Don't think like that. No, I, I would actually suggest the opposite because I have had the opportunity to screen. Yep. And um, and recently, so started screening. And when I get the opportunity to forward a song, like I am so excited. Like it, it just makes me like juiced. Like I, yeah, I want. I come from the point of like I want to forward. That's what I've been telling people for twenty seven yeah. years. Every screener who sits in that seat. If for no other reason, it's just easier to forward one. But yeah, the totally. real reason is it gives them to joy yes. to know that somebody's going to open that email exactly. and find out they were forwarded. Exactly. And that a deal could come from it. Exactly. And that they had a part in that. Totally. Yeah. And just to be like 100% clear, after you get a forward, um, it goes to the company, the listing company or the listing publisher or supervisor or whatever. And it's up to them then to contact you and um, super important you just let that happen organically like under no circumstances try to figure out who it is or reach out to them they will reach out to you i promise and there have been times there was a guy that um i did a reggaeton thing for and it was over a year later he reached out to me a year it was over a year we have a record i think seven years is the longest time it's ever taken really? somebody to be contacted that was a rare circumstance and i got like but... a really substantial deal from this wow. from over a year later and um so, but anyway, they will contact you and then taxi's like totally out of it. So this is where my tips come in where it's like, okay, now just be honest, be humble, be, try to find a connection with somebody like, you know what I mean? Like, don't be desperate. Like just, oh, that's a great piece of, you advice. know, just be and people, um, go to the other extreme when they're feeling desperate and nervous and unknowledgeable and scared and timid, all those emotions are coming into it. They react, they counterintuitively react badly by yeah. acting overly cocky. Yeah, totally. And I, we've had phone, I personally have had phone calls from publishers that say, you know, I wanted to sign this thing and the guy was such a jerk on the phone right. Can't that do I, it. I, I couldn't do business with him. Can't do it. And I know the person that that publisher was talking about, not inherently a jerk, but was nervous and came right. across that way. Right. So. That's it. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like, they're not tests, but like, but getting signed, whether it's your song or your catalog or you as an artist or as a writer or whatever, but you're like people are watching and they're like, they're not testing you, but if they ask you to do something and it's not a big deal because maybe they don't recognize your name or they don't, if they treat you poorly, mm -hmm. it just says something. So, you know, if, if you're just like an, a nice person or you like how do you make friends I mean to me this is like not music stuff this is like life stuff like you know just just be honest and do, like I used to go into um, label meetings and the first thing I would say was um, I don't know if what I have is what you need 
I don't know if what I do fits, you know, I've done my research. You know, I know who you have on your roster, mm-hmm. right? Because that's important to know. Super important because I would, why would I spend my time trying to get signed by somebody and they already have somebody like me? Yeah. It's a colossal waste of everybody's time. Like, this is this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing right now. I'd love to play you, you know, one or two songs if that's cool. Um, um, but, you know, I'm not here to say that I'm I'm the answer to all, all your problems. Or a I'm lot God's of people go into meetings like that, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, I've got you hit right here, baby. The, it's the worst thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, you are. You might have the hit, but they're not going to hear it that way because they exactly. hate you. No. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you know, the other thing is, is that any you know a broken clock is right twice a day. Anybody can get lightning in a bottle. Like people want consistently great stuff. Like I mean, how do you quantify like what's going to be a hit? Like some it has certain qualities, but there's there's other things that you just don't know. Right. But can you write consistently great material? Can you produce consistently great? Do you have consistently great hooks or titles or lyrics or whatever your lane is, if you're consistent? If you could just do it one time, that's cool. But if you can do it seven well, days a week? One time is fairy dust. Seven days a week is sugar so, on top. There it is. You know, that's it. They're both granular. They that's both it. sparkle. But one of them is exceedingly rare, probably never obtained in most lifetimes. Totally. Sugar is something that you can put on top of everything and make it more desirable. Yeah, you can. So the other thing I just wanted to hit um, real quick for people that will see this um, is that there are certain qualities and certain things that every super successful taxi member have in common. Mm -hmm. And um, I just kind of picked this up from listening and observing and and then also implementing some of these things. Um, So if you guys want to like, you know, take it to the next level, um, here's what I would suggest. Number one, attend the rally. Um, number two, know what your lane is. So I've said some of this before. Um, but I see a lot in listings and pitches. You know, I write country and pop and hip hop and, and this and urban and, and Christian and like literally every genre. People that say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or and it's like, well, you, you, that's true. You might be able to write all those things, but you don't have anything great in any of them. Right. Right. I mean, just to be real. Um, That's the biggest turnoff. The, the probably the worst thing you can say going into any pro level meeting is yeah. that I do rock, I do pop, I do country, I do R and B. They immediately discount it before it. they hear the folks. Yeah, first it's amateur. It's an amateur yeah. thing to say, right? Exactly. Um, and so the uh, but the, like this is probably the, the most important thing: writing for the listing. Write for the listing, and when I say it at mentor lunches, and I say it to people, everybody's like, you know, I don't have time it's or whatever. Stifle my art. Yeah. Or, Art, you know, or my creative juices. But most of us, like, as creators, like, we work better under, let's see, here's the thing, like, under (laughs) a hard deadline. You know, if I have, like, a year to write a song, I'm going to put it off for 11 months and 28 days. Yep. I mean, We all would. Yeah. But if I have two weeks to get it done, like, I'm not going to be jacking around with 808 bass drums for four hours. Yeah. Like, I'm going to pick one, I'm going to go, right? And, um... I'm not going to belabor every little point, so especially production-wise. So the most successful taxi members write for the listings, and every single one of us that have come through taxi has that in common. And I even suggest, I don't, do you still do dispatch? Yeah. Yeah. I, I suggest to people to join dispatch also okay. because it actually ups, it ups the game, right? And um, I think it's really important. But um, to write a song for the listing because then you refine, it makes you a better writer, a better producer, it makes you better at everything 
if you are writing for the listing, it is very hard to take your existing catalog, especially if it's yeah, multiple so years. Square peg, round hole. Right, and you're like, well, this is kind of pop, like. <laughs> Cognitive dissonance. I know it's not really right, but maybe they'll hear it and think it's so wonderful they'll use it in that slot Use anyway. it somewhere else. Yeah, that's like, that's not a good way to think. So, um, and even again, like reading the listings, listening to the ref songs, super important and then finding the common theme between all those ref songs like that's, oh. let's dwell on that for a moment because yeah. we talked about that at dinner last night yeah. some people will take the approach that oh the third reference is one that i like it's one that i can relate to that's what they're looking for and they sit down and try to create something it sounds like the third reference right rather than triangulating taking those totally. three references and going what do they have in common? Well, let's see. It's kind of a carefree vocal approach. Yeah. It's like I'm having a great day and it's just fun right. to be alive. Right. Um, it's they're all approximately the same tempo. They're right. all in a major key. Right. The melody Smart. has these types of intervals. In right. It, and, and you can right. sit exactly. down and, and analyze it and, and then go, okay, so that's the stew. Yeah. And these are the elements that go into the stew. Now, I'm not going to exactly make that stew, but I want to make something that would appeal to people that like that stew. Right. And, and a lot of times in the critiques, um, oh, well, I'm not going to say what I was saying. Then people know my number. But woo, uh, <laughs> I just caught myself there. Uh, so I'm going to pass over that. Um, but it's, it is really important to understand the listings and read the listings carefully and uh, to make sure that it's it's true to the to the genre that you're writing and like um, there are certain chords that are very very common like the one in the Nashville number system like the one four five six and now the two chord is pretty common like outside of that you know um, you know major seventh chords I mean yeah I mean or dominant sevenths like I mean maybe on occasion but again you know I, I listened to so many songs where I was like man this is like a 70s song I mean, mm -hmm. it's a cool 70s song. But that's not what they want. We're not in the 70s right now, right? Yeah. So it's really important to be like, none of these songs sound like, like the song I'm going to submit sounds nothing like the ref songs. Mm -hmm. And it could, like you said, could be melody, could be lyric style. Lyric style is a big one too. Yeah. Like, how is it conversational? Is it formal? Where's the phrase? Is it relational? Yeah. 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 Like all those kind. Of, like, but it could just be as simple as vibe. Like, man, these are up tempo summer songs that are yep. like roll your top down and drive down the PCH. So a California uh, reference uh, for uh, you uh, from a Green Bay guy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, yeah, it's better than shoveling your driveway. That's for sure. <laughs> It's, uh, of course, then again, we do have the occasional fire, flood, earthquake, or a million other things out right. here. Yeah, sure. yeah, My right. dad Touché. loves to remind me of. So, yeah. Um, so those are those are things that, again, if you if you read and you listen to the successful members, like, they're saying the same thing, but they're using their words and their voice to say it, but everybody has followed the same blueprint. And so if you really want to succeed at Taxi um, and get deals, like, I mean, I have got legitimate, like, incredible deals because of taxi music and it's changed my life um you know it, it took a while to figure it out and i think it takes a lot of humility and hard work um but anybody can like if i can do it sitting in green bay i still live in green bay so if i can sit in my little studio in green bay and do a song that like makes it to the radio like i don't know why anybody else can't do it tell us about the stadium gig um oh man this uh, I, he wouldn't have brought this up on his own, but that had to be a moment right there, man. Oh, so um, yeah, wow, was it ever? So this summer I sang, I, I wrote a song called "This Changes Everything," and um, 
it was part of this thing called the ELCA, and they do this thing called a mass gathering every three years, mm-hmm. which I had no, I had no idea any of this was going to transpire. Like I'd never even heard of it. You knew about the gathering, or no? no I knew nothing, nothing about. Okay. I knew nothing wow. about nothing. And it, but the way it came through was through a relationship from a guy that I met at Taxi. Like it goes all the way back wow. to Taxi even five years ago, right? Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, he connected me with another person who opened up this opportunity. So basically, um, I wrote this song and they selected it to be their theme song for this big rally. And then I had to like write out the music and whatever. And they said, we would love for you to come perform it. And we'd love to pay you and pay all your expenses. And I was like, yes, this is wow. awesome. Where was it? In Houston, Texas. Okay. And it was at the Energy Stadium. Like the stadium. So there was like 33,000 some odd people there. Were you scared to death? Um. Okay, so this is going to sound weird, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but um, like 25 years ago, I, so I, I believe in like uh, visualization, mm-hmm. like athletes do that, right? And so I was playing my keyboard one time, and I was visualizing, and my eyes closed, and I saw this stadium. And I'm like, okay, that I got to, uh, what musician doesn't see themselves in a stadium, right? And I, even at that point, I'm like, I am the most prideful person in the world. <laughs> and so... Uh, but I just continued with it, and I saw, and I saw there were two decks, and I'm like, but I couldn't hear the song, but I, I knew that people were singing it, and I'm like, that would be the uh, that my lifetime dream fulfilled right there. Wow. So then when this thing happened, and we showed up to in Houston, Texas, um, I walked out, and it was in the end zone, and the whole, I mean, they it was like a full on, you know, like everything, and I was thinking the Energy Stadium, like I'm gonna be singing there, and and Everybody knows they're going to know the song. They're going to be singing along with me. and But I don't think they have two decks at that stadium. So I can't, I must have just, and maybe I'm forgetting. I don't want to get hung up in the details. And I walked out on the main stage and I looked and I saw the two decks and I just was like, I just started crying. Like, wow. This is like, this is, so to experience it and to have that opportunity and that dream fulfilled and to hear the sound of that many people singing a song that I was privileged to, to write. Was like it had to be. It was like, I, I, I it was like heaven. I'm getting teary eyed yeah. thinking about it. It was, it was honestly just overwhelming. It was. So you didn't need a plane to go home, did you? No, I did. Floated back to Green. I did. It was just incredible. So, well, congratulations. Thank you. I, it was just a huge honor, and I'm humbled by it. So, um, wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say other than I was just glad to be a part of it. I'm, really. I'm, I'm glad. Knowing you as well as I do, and even if I did know you, for anybody to realize a life dream, yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, the number one thing on your bucket list. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was. Most people never get to experience anything like that. So it was, uh, it was a great summer. (laughs) It was a great summer. Yeah. Um, But again, like, I I really point that back to, I mean, my faith, I, I believe my faith has a, there's a component there. Um, but I, I, I think it's relationship. Like it's relationship that happened through a taxi mentor that continued and from a guy in Nashville. And like like the biggest things that have happened for me in my life. Is that ha- Steve? Yeah. Okay. Have I don't been, want to mention his last yeah. name, but Steve, Steve you're a good man. Yeah. But all that stuff has happened through relationship. It, it hasn't been like I had the right song and like it, you know, this person was magically looking for me and I for them. It was just through... A relationship with somebody that was real and something great happened because of it but I could never have known that at the time like I, I had let that dream go so long ago and that's part of it too that I was like man I'm like 
you know, I'm a middle-aged man. Like, I'm not going to be singing in front of any more than not very many people anymore. Well, and sync is back. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I'm interested. Uh, didn't they Did just make some calls? Didn't, didn't, Backstreet Boys. Or Backstreet Boys, sorry. Backstreet yeah. Boys just came back together. So speaking of middle-aged men. I'm cool. I mean, I'm happy. Backstreet's back done. all right, man. <laughs> Introducing James Koshin. <laughs> Andrea must be thrilled. That was her, like, favorite band in the world andrea who used to work yeah. here she, she actually got some stuff cut on a couple of their albums I that's think. amazing um so yeah that's... i want to carve out some time to do some q a with the folks I've, I've been not paying very much attention to you guys in the chat room today so hello how are you guys um it's hard to see because we had to move the computer back fairly far to get us both in the shot today um is there anything on here that we absolutely should cover before we go to live Q&A? Um, no. You know what? I think we're good. Let's do um, these last few bullet points. What I learned as an A&R person, uh, yeah. and, and um, James is doing A&R for Street Lamp, which is Shirelli's label. Yep. Um, he's just recently started screening Christian stuff at Taxi, so he's getting to see, you know, after being a member for many years, and he's not a member right now, so if anybody wants to say, oh, he's a screener and he's a member, so yeah, he's no. going to get preferential treatment, no. We cannot let members be screeners, okay. so um, just so you know. But what I learned as an A&R person that I wish I knew as an artist. Yeah, um, or, or as I call it, lessons I learned the hard way. Yeah, what are those? Right? Because you've had, you've been on both sides of the fence. Not yeah, very totally. many people experience that. So, um, the one I already mentioned, which is like, do your homework and learn their roster, mm -hmm. because they have a roster. So I spent a lot of time developing relationships with people, and I was working with certain labels and publishers, and I, I just was never getting signed, and I couldn't figure it out, and I couldn't figure it out, and then I looked at their roster, and I'm like, oh well, they have somebody who does exactly what I do. So they were giving me work, but it was more like. Pro, you know, project work rather mm -hmm. than like we want to bring you in the fold. Like I could have saved myself a lot of time <laughs> and money by by learning with what I do that it fits where where I'm trying to land. Um, so the other thing is that go slow. Like explain that. Um, so I see at the rally every year like. You know, there's a certain mentality that's like, I want to get discovered and I want to get famous uh, and whatever. It's my first rally. I've made the commitment. I bought the plane ticket. I'm paying for the hotel room. Damn it, this better pay off for me. Yeah. So here's my CD. Yeah. Here's my famous. CD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, right? So um, people want to see consistently high quality output over time. So maybe you have written a smash. I mean, that's awesome. Um, but again, was it lightning in a bottle? Can you write or produce great material regularly? Right. Super important. Um, don't be defensive or dismissive. <sighs> that one's hard for me because I'm just kind of. Hard for everybody. I tend to be a defensive person, so you um, never know it. No, but man. I mean, look, I we're am. all defensive, uh, especially when you're talking about something that's a creation that came from you know yeah. the pores so in personal. your skin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So, like, I remember one of the first song critiques I did through like um, Wisconsin Songwriters Association or something. Oh, whamma! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, was actually a judge at a whamma event one year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I recognize your face. I think you raked my song over the coals now that I recall. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I remember. I loved that weekend in Milwaukee. So, um, so like I would think, well, this person, they do children's music, so they can't possibly understand pop music. Mm -hmm. So they were like raking my lyric over the coal, and I was like, oh, man, you know, forget them. And then they this, and I like had them all cut down to size. But here's the thing. Just because a pro doesn't work in your genre or discipline doesn't mean they don't know music. Right. Right? 
I mean, so I've learned a lot from pros that work outside my genre because they're pros. So if I have an attitude that shows that I'm hungry to learn from everyone, like that means a lot to people at record companies, publishers, and A&R people. They want to be around you. Totally. Um, this is simple. I talk about a lot, but just be grateful. Like, nobody deserves anything. Like, it's so presumptuous to walk in and be like, you need to sign me. And I was like, well, bye. Entitlement is so rampant um, in all forms of creativity and yeah. artistry. A lot of people believe that you pop out of your mommy's tummy and that you're entitled to be a hit songwriter right. or entitled to be a hit artist because that's what you've wanted your whole life. And right. therefore, I want it so badly, I'm entitled that to it. That it matters, yeah. Yeah, Forget it doesn't. It. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, so you want to strive to build relationships and connect with people personally over promoting yourself. Just be genuine and sincere. Be easy to work with. No drama. Like that's the thing that that we and the Highfields and Rob we talk just no drama. Yeah. Like we've done that. We've done the drama with artists and it's it's draining and it's hard and just no. Like you only have so many hours in the day. Like we don't want to have to deal with that and nobody wants to deal with that. So um, you know I want to hang out with like I want to connect with people professionally that like I want to have a cookout with. Mm -hmm. Like I want like I want them to know my family and I want to know your family. To me, that's just simple. And then um, focus on great songs over production. Oh, um, I know. Uh, I'm sorry. No, but elaborate on that one. Okay. That, that's a really big one. They're all really big. So, like, production big. is a black hole. It's a trap, and, and I'm in it. So I, I speak for, with experience. Um, but, you know, Waves and all these other amazing companies that I love, and they've been good to me and others, um, like they run these promotions and it's like, oh my gosh, the new J37 is on sale for only $99 instead of $4.99. I got to get it. And it's going to change all my mixes. And then so like we just get caught in the new Omnisphere and the new Nexus and the silent and ah, right? Or new the new um, Taylor or Martin or whatever. Um, and then we like, I have to get this stuff to make my sound like sound like it's on radio. And I'm spending all this time trying to learn this gear. And what I'm not spending time doing is learning songwriting techniques. I've never met a piece of gear that got anybody signed to a record. Exactly. Not exactly. One. Like, I prefer, a, and I've heard this and I never understood it, but like a vocal, piano vocal or a guitar vocal, like a good clean demo with like little to no reverb and just give me a clean lyric sheet and like, I'll know, like if it's there. And here's the other thing. Some people will spend so much time in production and then like, if I'm gonna produce a song, I'm gonna, I mean, I'll ask for your stems, but I'm gonna take that thing down to its bare bones and I'm gonna do what I do. Mm -hmm. So you're doing my job for me, right? Like I don't do Rob's job for him. He's gonna put, he's, I could spend a hundred hours trying to make it sound like he does and he can do it in the time that he does it because he's gifted. Right. So Well, and practiced. Yeah, exactly. Right, totally. So he did call me once at three o'clock in the morning and say, How do I record a saxophone? Really? Yeah. So he is a learner. Yeah, exactly. He's a learner. <laughs> so and that's the time to find out at three AM. <laughs> right? That's that's a good time to ask that question. But you know, um, focus on great songs. Like I mean, to me it's just all about the song. And if you add even simple production to great songs, it's gonna take it to a new stratosphere, but you can add amazing productions to crappy songs. And it'll make them sound current, but they're right. still crummy Better songs. sounding crappy songs. Yeah, I mean, you can't make a hit just because of that. And I can hear everybody, well, listen to the radio and whatever, but like, I like the radio. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think there's great music there, and I'm intrigued by it. Like, I'm intrigued by the charts, and I love music. So. On the way to the NAMM show, it's about an hour and 20 minutes from my house down to Anaheim where the NAMM show was. Um, 
I didn't make any phone calls. I just turned on uh, whatever, you know, like yeah. the contemporary top 40 yeah, radio yeah. station is in L.A. And listened to every song. They did repeat a lot. Yeah. Uh, I will agree with the people that say, you know, it's the same songs over and over. Yeah. There's a lot of quality on the charts right now. Totally. There's amazing. a few songs on there that you just cringe at, but for yeah. the most part, I'm like, wow. But, I mean, there's some amazing, like, writers like Marin Morris. and yeah. I mean, there's like, Oof. I mean, come on, man. They're, like, massively great songs. Yeah. And I hear the songs, and I'm like, I wish I would have wrote that. Uh, but You name the kids, and I'll name the dogs. I was like, dang. If people it's a great hook, man. Close themselves off because they've heard a few things on the radio that they can't. A lot of times they hear stuff and they don't like it because they can't do it. Yeah. And the reason they can't do it is they won't invest the time to learn how to do it. Right. Because they have the basic skill set already. Yeah, yeah. They have the hands. They probably have the chops. What they don't have is the knowledge of the intervals or the voicings yeah. of the chords or, or the phrasings, of, you know, vocal phrasings yeah, yeah. that are contemporary. And it's like, oh, no, you know, I've spent my whole life learning it this way. I don't want to relearn it. You're so close already. You're out. Yeah. You know, just but you could spend a half an hour a day, like just figuring out the chords. It's like one, you know, six, four, or two, five, or whatever. Like, so that'll take you five minutes to figure out a chord chart, and then just analyze the melody and analyze the chorus melody. Where are they starting off the root, the third, or the fifth, or maybe the sixth? And where does it go? Just like analyze it. Yeah. And if you do that simple exercise, you will modernize your melodies, just like that. Yeah. So right, it, those it, are my tips. It's not rocket science, but it needs to be paid attention to, and people want to ignore it, and then still get the same result. Right, it's not going to happen. No, uh, there's a one in a million chance, but those aren't good odds. Right, <laughs> no, not good at all. All so right, so it. we've got 17 minutes. If you guys would like, you know what? Um, start. I'm going to play a song that I don't know that I've ever played for you. Um, Is this one of your songs? No, me as a writer. Oh, yeah. no, no, this kidding. is Ralph Murphy. Oh yeah. Uh, once gave me this. I gotta go find it actually, and said this is the best piano vocal demo I've ever heard, and I've kept it in my office. I've played it on the show several times. Um, so you guys start giving your questions, and Bria will take them down. And we'll get to them in a moment. But while that's happening, okay. So I'm playing this more for you than I am for the audience. Because. Um, this song eventually got cut and was a hit for uh, Rascal, Flats. Rascal Flats. Thank you. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll definitely take questions here uh, momentarily in about three minutes. Is this thing. Oh, good. It does have a better. Okay. Oh, that's a good question. Give some. I can hear the truck tires coming up the gravel road And it's not like her to drive that slow Nothing's on the radio Footsteps on the front porch I hear my doorbell She usually comes right in Now I can't tell Here comes goodbye Here comes the light And she was right here in my arms tonight 
Okay, so let me let me break statue. down why that works real yeah. quick. Um, so there, it's a simple piano vocal. Doesn't get any more simple. It doesn't, but it's still incredibly well done. It's a great singer. So if you are not the right singer to represent your song, find one who is. Um, the lyric is visual. That's a huge, huge thing. With, that's the first it, thing I said to James. The truck yeah. tires coming up the gravel road. Yeah, it's a visual you lyric. You know what that sounds like, and you can see the tire. Yep, totally. Um, so also they're pitching to the sound of the artist. Mm -hmm. So that would be a Rascal Flatts or a Dan and Shea pitch who was and, like... And yeah. they did know that they were writing this for Yeah, Rascal exactly. Flatts. So you get a singer to interpret the song the same way as that artist would. Um, which which you, makes it easy for the artist to visualize to envision, him, exactly. him or herself doing it. Yeah. It's got a great hook, the title, which here comes goodbye. Um, it's emotional, it's relatable, and it's believable. The song structure is dead on for Nashville, which is an intro that has an interlude. So like in the production of it, the, that would be the production line. There's mm -hmm. always a line that the guitar or string or whatever plays. Then you got verse one, chorus one. Then you go back to You go back to that, verse two, chorus two, bridge. A break where it got quiet. Such a Nashville thing. Yep. Chorus three, and then the interlude going out. Da, da, da. So it follows, it plays by all the rules. It's, it's, you it know works what? on every level. People go, oh, that's formulaic. You know what? 
It works because Great. it's formulaic. Yeah. I wish I'd written it. That's right. People spend yeah, a man. lifetime learning to work within that formula and make it sound like it wasn't formulaic. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so... Okay, uh, do you have any questions written down? I do. Okay. Um, I'll repeat them after you say them just because so they won't be So this one kind of goes with this, so I'll, I'll say this one first. Okay. Um, my voice is not at the level of the track we just heard. What's the best way to write and record for listings? Nobody's Hire voice is at that level. That dude Hire a singer each time. Just do the best I can with my own voice. So the, the question was, I'm repeating because Bria's on the back side of the microphone. You probably can't hear all that well, but uh, the gentleman, I'm assuming it's a gentleman, um, said, my voice isn't at that level. What do I do when I'm recording demos? Do I hire a singer? Yeah. So my answer would be it depends on the listing, depends mm -hmm. on the opportunity. Um, Use the taxi community. Yeah. The people you're meeting in this chat room, the people you meet on the forum. Yeah. Totally. That, that, I mean, there's incredible singers in taxi. And, you know, you can hire somebody, yes, or you can trade. So whatever you do, let's say maybe you want to bring somebody in to interpret your melody. Like maybe you could bring in a great singer to, and then give them writer's share. And then you're like the lyric person. Um, you get creative with that where you start to build a collaborative relationship. You can hire somebody through taxi or in your community that's a good singer. Um, you don't have to go to L.A. or Nashville to hire people. There's great singers all over. Um, that is a super high quality pro level singer. Um, I've heard demos of singers that w weren't that good, but the song is great. And, you know, people that are looking for songs can, can hear a great song. It, also, sometimes singers who aren't, songwriters who are not great singers, the interpretation the way they sing the song conveys the emotion because they know it so intimately yeah. that that can make up for the lack of quality. This guy, he's exceptional. Yeah. Um, well, he phrased it like Rascal Flatts or Dan and Shay too. I mean, yeah. phrasing is like a huge, that's a whole other taxi TV thing, which we won't get into now. But, you know, phrasing is how you sing the line is as important as what the line is sometimes. Yeah. Breaking it up the right way. Sing, and the basic thing I'll say is sing it the way you say it. And again, there's always, you know, what about Katy Perry with Unconditional? I get it. Um, but that was way after she had a monster, monster hits. Sing the song the way, or sing the line the way that you talk it. So it sounds natural. Yep. That'll help the lyric come alive. Okay. All right. Next question, please. All right. Um, how do you strike a balance uh, between being unique and fitting in regards to approaching a music library? Ooh, I was saying that, uh, how do you... Say it again. How do you strike a balance between being unique oh. and fitting in regards to approaching a music How do you library? strike a balance between being unique and fitting? And fitting in. Right, yeah, when yeah. you approach a music library. Because uh, for people who are watching the show that aren't already taxi members, a music library is a publisher that's film and TV centric. Uh, it's kind of a generic term for those. And they want stuff, they're not looking for material that's like, wow, that's the greatest, most innovative thing I've ever heard, right. because they won't be able to get it placed. So they want stuff that sounds like everything else, but doesn't. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, my suggestion would be to take what you're doing and then um, take the alas from maybe the listings that you submit to and put a playlist together like on Apple Music or Spotify and then put your song in there with them. Mm. And when your song comes out or maybe like ask somebody that you trust that's not like your biggest fan ever 
to just make sure that it sonically and um, vocally and lyrically is in the same ballpark as these songs. Um, yeah, you're, it's going to be unique anyway because it's your song. And so the way you interpret a song is going to be the way you do it. So there's, there's going to be certain things that you want to do, like certain rules, like I was when I wrote down, you know, the structure. So you want to follow like the structure rules and that's how you fit in. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't want to have a, 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 a three-minute chorus. You know, maybe you can start off with a chorus. I mean, you can do that sometimes. But generally it's verse one chorus. I mean, maybe a little short bridge or pre-chorus. But generally you want to get to the chorus as quickly as possible. But there, it just depends. Yeah, There was um, the um, woman, Laurel Ostrander, who was the video editor that started out last year's Road Rally. Yeah. She gave one of the greatest pieces of advice that I've ever heard given at a road rally, and it went over the heads of a lot of people because she said it and just in passing. She said, I particularly like, and so I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, I particularly like using pieces of music that have some sort of drum turnaround or something, yeah. and it, it literally like boom, 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 and because they can use that yes um when they're editing to introduce a scene or exactly. maybe to close out you know uh, um punctuate a moment in the scene before and then lead into right. the next scene and so. imagine like where your song is going to go if it's going to go in a tv show think about like clean break edit points you know right like think about so like maybe this eight bars has this and then i introduce something else in the arrangement and something else and it keeps building so the music supervisor it you make the again it's about making that person's job easier yeah Next question, please. All right, uh, Gloria asks, uh, what chord progressions are used for current contemporary Christian compared Ooh. to contemporary gospel? Oh, great question. Oh, my gosh. Gloria what Covington. Yeah, um, wants I love to her. Chord progressions that work well uh, for contemporary Christian versus contemporary gospel. Yeah, yeah. So um, in pop music, uh, a lot, there's just a lot of minor and like, uh, like starting on the six or even like starting to go so four, five, six, and then maybe hitting the one, like maybe as the third or fourth chord, but not like always going back to the root. Interesting. Um, in Christian music, it's, and I hate to say this, but it's usually a few years behind where pop music is. So Christian music is um, still in the, the majors. So, so like the one, four, fives, um, six is pretty much, um, used as a minor and then two but it's usually transitional whereas pop will use a two and just like sit on it right and then go wherever it's going to go like in Christian music it's used as a transitional chord going up to the four so um, in contemporary gospel music now that is a different beast altogether um, because those are very closely related to R&B um, and jazz and neo soul. So the chords that are used are more complex, and the and the voicings. Yes, absolutely. Like the like contemporary gospel musicians are like whoa, they're just like another level. So um, not to say that you can't have a song that's maybe more you know one four five or whatever. You absolutely can. But then your melodies are going to be way more. They're going to have a lot more movement, more complexity to them mm -hmm. than a CCM song or, or a pop song. It's going to be less engaging singing-wise. It's going to be more about the message and kind of the wall of sound that you're getting from from your, your vocal performance. Does gospel uh, in contemporary gospel, because I'm not very knowledgeable about the genre in, in the context of today. Uh, I know more, you know, like old school 
um, tent gospel. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, with, yeah. with a, a large choir singing. Right. right. Um, is contemporary gospel that makes it to radio today on on CCM stations? Is it still the big choir singing, um, or is, can it good be question. a solo artist? It can know? absolutely be a solo artist. There's not a ton of contemporary gospel on radio. Yeah. CCM radio. Um, CCM radio is a pretty pretty narrow. Like K Love is kind of the national syndicate. Um, but there's like Tori Kelly, you know, and who partnered with Kirk Franklin, and they did a powerful song, "Not Alone." And Rob Shirley Rob, just, uh, just got a Grammy just for won a Grammy for it, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so there's, but that's that's Kirk's thing, where he uses these these uh, choirs, and um, he gets a certain sound. But it's not the it's not the same sound as it used okay. to be. I would say contemporary gospel is is more. Um, forward and creative and a little more loose as far as the rules are concerned rather than today's CCM. I just heard somebody crack a joke at this past year's road rally. Yeah. Two guys standing uh, near the bar and one guy said, this is a true story, one guy says the other guy, um, what, what's one of the hallmarks of contemporary Christian music? And the other guy says it's very forgiving. <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. I literally just walked by and heard that yeah, much of the that's conversation. Awesome. That's all you needed. Laughed all the way to the end. You know, I mean, I would I would suggest to really dial in, again, to the charts, like in the Billboard charts and on iTunes. iTunes iTunes is like religious and Christian. But like um, there's a serious satellite radio station called Kirk Franklin's, and, and like he programs it. And so you just dial into that and you have to get your ear and your heart calibrated to that way of melody that kind of lyric that kind of approach it, you absorb it through osmosis yeah. if you just expose yourself to it enough exactly it, you don't have to work that hard at just live with it long right. enough you right. know like i mean modern country is like pop music really i mean you'll hear stuff on modern country that's like is this country like what makes a country and what makes a country is the lyric mm-hmm you know, it's the, the attitude. Totally, it's just uh, the lyric. Yeah. It, it's but the production do you sound is believable as somebody who's lived the life that that song took place yeah. in. That's country. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but like I mean, I get work in country not because I'm a I'm not country at all, but because I have the pop tendencies. So country is pop. So and then it works across all genres. Not bad for a kid from Green Bay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's I'll, go five minutes long, uh, if that's okay with you guys. I'm okay with yeah. you. Um, gotten another question? Uh, yeah, JR asks, uh, what's the best way to build a relationship with a publisher? Oh man, what a great question. That'll get you arrested in some towns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> best way to build a relationship with a publisher? Um, man, that's a really great question. Uh, it's, so it's hard to make a cold call to a publisher and try to establish a relationship with them. Most publishers do not accept unsolicited submissions. So I know it sounds like a infomercial, but I, the publishers that I that I know have come almost exclusively because of Taxi Music. So when I get, when I would get a forward and it went to a publisher and a publisher reached out to me, then to me that was kind of like when the work started where it was like, okay, now I got to figure out like who they are because it might not have said in the forward certificate. And so then they tell me about themselves and then they ask me about what I do. And then we see if there's a fit because they want that song. But inevitably they ask the most important question ever, which is, do you have anything else? Right. And you always want that answer to be 
Yes, I do. And you don't want to say, yes, I do. I do rock. I do pop. I do country. Worst whatever answer ever. Whatever lane they love you in, think of whatever you've got in that lane and give them more. Yeah, totally. 100%. A lot of people miss that because they want to show that they're versatile. It's, but they don't want versatile. They want this thing. They, they want this thing that you're doing. Yeah. Just do that thing. Can you please do that thing for me? Absolutely. That's the same thing when they hire actors and actresses or they hire models. You get hired because you've got a look or you've got a certain yeah. attitude. Yeah. Or presence. And that's your thing. Yeah. So back to that other question about a unique voice. Like we want your unique voice. We just don't want it so unique that it doesn't fit within the parameters of what the public. If people is, are making this face. When they're it's listening, then that's a little too it's not. It's not good. So, <laughs> so um, I guess I'm saying it's up to the publisher probably at first to, to reach out to you. But again, at the Taxi Rally, there are people that are connected to publishers, people that are publishers. So go through your, your mentor bios and read them. And like some of them are like super long and super impressive. And again, for me, I was always like, who is somebody that's kind of in it right now mm-hmm. that like I could be connected to? you know, that I think we would be, that we would vibe together well. So do that, like come to the rally, try to pick the right people, go to the mentor lunch. Again, that's something all successful members do, go to the mentor lunch. Watch the personalities of the people on the panels and see who you feel that you'd be comfortable in a conversation exactly. with. Exactly. Walk up to that person in the restaurant, at the hotel or the bar or the hallway outside the ballroom and say, man, you were great on the panel. Where did you grow up and how did you end up in this exactly. business? Because everybody loves to talk about themselves. Exactly. And if you're genuinely curious, like, dude, you're a music supervisor on major motion pictures, yet you're from Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. How did that happen? Because, right. you know, uh, Warner right. Brothers Pictures didn't go to Peoria and say, anybody here want to be a music supervisor? They will love telling you that story and then they're going to turn to you. And so tell me about exactly. you. What kind of music do you do? Right. Like one of the one of my first rallies, I went up to somebody because people get bombarded after the main the stage, panels, yeah. and I went up to him and I said, "You know, I can see that you're overwhelmed right now, and I don't know what you're looking for right now, and I'm not even sure what I do fits what you're looking for, but I would love to talk to you about it after the rally." And the guy looks up and he's like, "What's your name?" And I said, "James." And he's like, "Can I have your card?" Wow. I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "I'm putting this in my front pocket, and and we're talking." Because it was just a different approach. Yeah. Right? Other was, than, I've got the great, everybody tells me this is the best song ever. You should hear it. Like, that's the worst thing to say. Yeah. Because how do you know what I think is a great song? Right? It might be a great song, but I might think it's not that great. Yeah. So now what? So, yeah, I think it's it's just relational. And you put yourself in the position to interact with people. And then when you have the opportunity, just be you. Just be you. I mean, is that a good answer? I. I yeah, well, look, you, you, there's a lot to be said for genuineness and authenticity. People can smell phoniness and, and just all, all those bad things in a personality. They can smell it. They can yeah. feel it. Yeah. But, you know, you are a genuine guy, so you could walk up and recite the alphabet and they would get that vibe. Um, and people who are not being genuine, you can smell that coming, yeah, too. totally. There, there's actually a guy at the road right who's I know him and he's a really nice guy um, easily identifiable in a crowd he's got yeah. a unique look and I don't mean that in a bad way but he when we go through the pictures after the rally and there are thousands of them that the photographer thousands yeah. of them that the photographers give us and this dude is in virtually every photograph you know handing a CD or a business <laughs> card or shaking the hand right. every panelist after Every single panel at every road rally, right. I walked up to him this year yeah. and I said, you got to do me a favor. 
Yeah. Because I've literally spent thousands of dollars on the photography for the rally. I said, I have to throw out a lot of shots because you would be in seven out of eight <laughs> shots on a web page. Right. Can you wait until the photographer has done their right. thing before you descend on these people? And one of the panelists overheard me having that conversation with them. And he came up to me, and sorry if you're watching the show, and he came up to me and said, it's obnoxious. That guy, every year when I do a panelist, stand right there right. so they even remember from year to year yeah totally. so be cool yeah just be cool yeah, people these, yeah these are just real people too <laughs> yeah they are real people you yeah. know what They're, they are not gods they are not on some pedestal and like i want like it's a reciprocal relationship like i am looking for certain things and i i want to be able to find it like i want to be able to help people yeah because people have helped me and they didn't have to like rob doesn't have to do what he does and you didn't have to and like all these people didn't have to do it, but you make it easy. Well, people want to do nice things for you because you're a nice person. Oh, you're not full you. of, you know what? Uh, one more questions? question. Um, sorry, just I was going out of order. Um, Bria fell asleep. <laughs> oh, well, Bria did just... fall asleep because she did not kick me under the table, not even once, to say subscribe. Uh, no, other corner, down there, right, right, right there. That's where you want to be clicking that subscribe button. Make sure you like us. There you go. There you go. Um, I almost have the same color shirt on. Share it. Share it. Ring the bell. Ring the bell, damn it. Ring what? Ring that bell. <laughs> I don't know. What that I'm not sure I, I what just, that means. I, they make the signs. They the tell kids, me to hold them up and for follow the orders. And the question is. Okay. Other than Taxi TV, do you subscribe to any other pro musician channels for inspiration? What a super question that is. And the answer is no. This is the only one worth watching. Oh, Ron no, just said go pack go. Man, I love Ron. <laughs> um, no, actually. I, I actually do. But here, I, I don't subscribe to the channels, but you know, YouTube is an incredible resource. Unbelievable. Like, How did people get through life without YouTube? I mean, before? the ASCAP Make Music Expo, a few years ago, they had Dr. Luke on, and he was... Like he busted down the Katy Perry, like Katy Perry hits in the Pro Tools session. He just opened it up and he sat there for an hour and a half and he's like, yeah, you know, I put everything on stems and I don't, I don't use MIDI and here's why. And, and I move it around and I'm just like, is this seriously happening right now? <laughs> so, um, there are, um, some incredible publications that come out of the UK. Um, oh man, I always say this one and now I forget, um. Something music. Well, that's really helpful. Yeah, that really super helpful. It down. But like, if you go to like Barnes and Noble, they sell their magazines and they come with oh, a um, CD. Oh, not. I was not thinking of, um, sound on sound. No, no, no. no. Um, it comes in the UK. It's really expensive because they have they include all these samples. But the point of this is, is they have a YouTube channel and they do all these interviews with all these producers and they'll open up because I'm a Logic guy, so they'll open up these Logic sessions and they'll break down. Every plugin they use and why and how they EQ'd it and everything. So, I mean, my my best advice is to just go on YouTube and like whatever you want to learn, generally production wise, lyric wise, um, song wise, like it's there. Like you just spend time. Our learning. children know this. Yeah, the grownups have to learn it. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter Hannah, when mm -hmm. she was starting out, uh, getting serious about songwriting around fourteen years old. And she stopped me as I was walking into the garage to go to work one morning. She said, what do I need to do next to like become a real songwriter? And I said, learn to play an instrument. Yeah. Because right now you're just making stuff up and you remember it and it's really good, but learn to play guitar or keyboard. 
I got home that night. She could already play three chords on a guitar. And I said, how did you learn that? And she goes, YouTube. Like, you idiot, don't you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. By the end of that was like on a Tuesday night. By Saturday, she could play guitar better than I can, which ain't saying that much. Right. But it was all YouTube. Yeah. So I'm convinced. Anything you want to learn, YouTube's got a channel or a video. And I will say this. Um, I, I do know of other music, like, submission services and stuff like that. And um, I, I just have never found anything anything like taxi music um you know I, I have i have some real legitimate concerns about some of them that are out there and the legitimacy honestly of them without naming them by name but um i just would really highly recommend that you just like dig fully into taxi and i mean i see some really familiar names on here and people that are like really awesome um at what they do. I, I didn't ask you to say anything. So, yeah, no, so no, 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 you didn't. Know that but I'm just saying, like, it worked for me, and I, I did. Like, I was like, well, what about this service, and what about that one, and what about the other one? Um, like, Taxi's the one for me that opened up, like, all these doors. And that doesn't mean that I didn't make a little money here or there or whatever, because I did. But it never led to anything. It was just like a dead end. And Taxi is the thing that, like, continues to pay dividends, not, not just financially, which is great, but relationally. Yeah. Like those are the kind because of, music is and it's cyclical. So, it, you know, I mean, now 2019 has been my best year by far. And it like in every way financially six or seven weeks into yeah, it. Yeah, but wow. like financially it has completely blown away all of 2018 so far. Awesome. I mean, by the grace of God, honestly. But I also know that, that you know, 2014 and 2013 and 12 and 11 and 10, they were really hard years and there was a lot of years in the red. So it's not always going to be, you know, it's like real estate, right? Yeah. And so um, hopefully when things turn the other way, I've built relationships with people where they will still consider working with me. And so um, that's, I try to have a long-term vision for my life and career. I don't think that they will consider working with you. I think they will desire to work with I, you. I hope so. Uh, so, but the point is, is like, um, I don't know what the point is. The point is, is, is to um, just really work hard and, and it's taxi that has opened these relationships and changed my life. And again, I, there's really nothing special about me. Like, I mean, I would, I listen to Paul Otten and Helen Austin and I would look at these people and I'm like, Matt Hurt, like what an incredible guy. Like, and I'm thinking I'm nothing like them. I can't, like they're so far beyond me. Like there's no way I can do what they do. I, I don't know that that's true. You, you're each unique, and you each yeah. are beyond each other in your own individual it, Right, way. in the disciplines. But I, I looked at the, in their level of success. Yeah. I'm like, that's like... But if I could even have like one-tenth of that, like I, I think I would be happy. And I, I realized that taxi is not a competition. Right. That's, a, that's a, like a major thing. Like, like more than one person can do well. Like we can all rise together. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just... Like one superstar. Actually, reputationally, um, every year at the end of the road rally, Michael Lloyd always calls me the day after the road rally and says, dude, I just want, I'm going to say it again, the music was even better this year than it was last year, and it's so much better than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And the reason is because rising water floats all boats, and all the people that hang in for the duration and don't expect a miracle in yeah. three months or six months yeah. or a year, Yeah. They've grown better together. They've grown better as a group, as a community. 
and the music industry has started to recognize that. That's cool. Uh, here's a great example, and then we got to jump off here. But um, my wife is, is at the moment is in Israel, and uh, she's visiting our kids over there. And I sent her on a mission to go meet with the music library that so cool. um, I heard about, and I thought, you know, we should they should be running listings with us. Um, so she went to the meeting and she thought she had to do a whole song and dance about how Taxi works. And she opened her mouth and said, hi, my husband owns a company in the States called Taxi. And he goes, oh, I know Taxi. So 8,000 miles away, our reputation had preceded itself. And I think that the community has so much to do with that because uh, there's a marketing phrase, oh gosh, uh, Seth Godin once, I believe, uh, who's a, a kind of a pop marketing guru, yeah. once said, something needs to be, if it's good enough, it'll be remarkable, meaning one person will remark about it to another person. Mm. And I think that the taxi membership, the quality of the music on the whole has gotten so much better that people in the industry are remarking to each other about yes. it. Yes. 8,000 miles away. And oh, it works. Taxi, I know them. It works. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, James, this has been awesome. Um, Thank you. I, I would love. I love doing this even when I, without the cameras being on. Yeah, I just yeah. love hanging out with you. I love um, hanging out with you guys too. I love seeing your family and uh, man, continued success. I, I, I know it sounds cliche to say this, but I have no doubt that you will continue to be successful because the way you're wired and your work ethic and your heart and all that good stuff. And so, for those of you who wonder what the prescription is. You're looking at it right there in that chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate Great to have you here. on the show, man. Two hugs. Come on. All right. Two Bring hugs. Me. World record. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next Thank week. Thank you, guys. Hang in there. You can do it. You can do it. Next week. What are we doing? Next week is Aaron Jacobson, music attorney. And we will see you then for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yeah, baby. Woo.